welcome to the inaugural Battle of the Willamette podcast. I am your host, CJ. And as usual, I got me, I got with me, Bud and Justin. What's up, fellas? How's it going, team? Thanks for having us on, CJ. Hey, you betcha. So one quick question for the new listeners out there. So do we call you guys Bustin or Judd? What do we call you guys? What's the what's the word on the street out there? Maybe budge. Bunch? Budge? Can we do budge or just <laughs> job and job and dub? Yeah, well, you guys, whatever you guys want. I kind of like busting. I like, I was thinking maybe Mick Hull. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like Mick Hull. <laughs> CJ Hull, here we go. <laughs> All right, guys. So, hey, what'd you guys? So give me an honest response, and this is mainly for you, Justin, since you were my inspiration last week. But what do you think about that uh, April Fool's joke? I've got to be honest with you. I It was a roller coaster all week because there was part of me that just couldn't believe that somehow a phone conversation had turned into two grown men being so pissed at each other that they were going to leave a fantasy football league. <laughs> And then there was another side of me that was thinking, not so bad to have IP out of the league. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. And the best part of it is that we were sharing text messages and and um, Slack message screenshots with each other. So we were getting the play-by-play from every conversation. Between. <laughs> <laughs> and, and IP, even played, he recorded your conversation with him in his office, and he played the whole thing back for me. unbelievable it gets even it gets even deeper but i'll tell you it doesn't surprise me because you and i have done that to him in the past so i know what you are capable of doing the interesting (laughs) part was bringing in to the fold a neighbor that reached out to me before not my idea not my idea in Neil, who said someone needs to reach out to Kevin. I think he's lost his mind. He is totally upset today. <laughs> Don't you think it's a little insensitive to have the guy that didn't make it into the league get part of the joke? Oh. Just but saying. That's, you know, that's, it threw you guys for a loop. It threw everyone for a loop. Yeah, but unfortunately, it was just more salt in his wound. <laughs> it was it was terrible. I mean, I yeah, I I felt bad. I felt dirty for two days because I had to lie to you on the phone, and I had to lie to EZ on the phone. And I don't think EZ's over. I think he thinks I'm a terrible person now. And the funnier thing is, uh, three days later, CJ had to let me know that there was a practical joke on Slack. <laughs> Yeah, I like but I had to have Bud make sure you read see the video, you know, read up, catch up, all that kind of stuff. I'd been doing regular life stuff, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, 89 slacks. I'll uh I guess I'll just catch up whenever. <laughs> all right. like, what's the joke, bro? What do you think of the joke? I'm like, I can't I'll have believe- to catch up. I'll have to catch up. I don't know. That sounds Look- about right. Look, truth, truthfully, I think that we saw kind of some depth of the people in the league with 
if you were to take everything that you guys have recorded from all the different slacks, the recording of the phone conversations, your text messages, you could probably put a pretty good IP video together. <laughs> well, maybe we need to do that. That's not a bad idea. And it also validated that your man, Neil, as much as he wanted in the league, he did not want in the league. He was fighting for Kev. He did not want in the league if it meant IP getting out, which was interesting because he answered that question differently in the interview. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. He Liar. Sure did. You want to know what's really awesome is that Bunk or Boston Stranglers sent me a Slack saying, hey, if IP is out of the league, can I have his team? <laughs> and my response to him was, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so for like 24 hours, he was like, man, I got myself a good team. This is working out. <laughs> Freaking rookies. Well, April 1st, I guess. All right. Well, hey, let's move on, guys. So something that's been going on in the league lately is, uh, you know, each year we get a little earlier with the, the trading period. You think we need like what do you what's a hey, bud? So what's your thoughts on starting trades, you know, in or trade discussions? Uh, you know, my opinion is I'm always happy to say no to trading Le'Veon Bell the day the season ends. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah so, I can see that. No, so it's you know, luck. Luck is not on the block. I did. I'm I'm fielding questions and just not. I'm not. You know, if there's talk now, but I'm. I mean, talk's talk. That's fine. Let's, let's open it up the day after the championship. You think that we should start that early? You think we should have trading going on all year? If, you know, for someone that's not super active in trading, I'm fine with it. Justin, thoughts? Uh, trading. I, You know, I'm kind of mixed on it. I wouldn't mind it being open right now, uh, a little earlier. Um, but I, I understand that there's got to be kind of a, a – start date to it unfortunately i think that it's happening anyway so you know if if the if the the league is kind of deciding to do that you know it really hasn't well, hurt I mean, anyone from doing it outside of just official on paper controversy but do you think that it's like unfair for guys that are less involved maybe that they kind of miss out on any kind of opportunity before they even think they can start trading i don't i think I think people are, I mean, people are, I'm doing some big air quotes right here, talking about it <laughs> as early as two weeks after. So I don't know, I don't know what's, what's stopping people from out. That's fair. Talking. We're just talking like we're talking right here. We're just talking. But then why have a deadline or, or a trading period? Why have it? Why have a 75 page manual every year? Well, it's only, I think it's 10. Maybe it's beautiful. I think that's a thing of beauty. <laughs> All right, what do you think, Justin? Yeah, I like it as it is. I, I just I I think that if we have to to govern it a little bit differently, you're right. People are talking, but we're we're saying talking. I know there's some trades that are out there that are that are completed. So either open yeah. it up, either open it up, or you let people. Um, Hey, it either becomes whoever wants it and goes and gets it. I mean, I think that that's what we've – we want this to be a year-round league. Maybe we ex maybe we started a little earlier. 
I know that I think people are antsy. There's some dead time here with the other sports, you know, that, that people have weekends. They want to fill them up with stuff. I mean, why why not have it be the, the fantasy football? Well, I agree, and, and I think that, like, Irish Puddles is painting himself into a corner because he's not going to have any trade capital at the end of this before we even get to trading, <clears throat> you know? So Irish Puddles is doing so many trades. I mean, there's trades linked to him between Products, Endzone, Hawk Attack, Gore, and maybe even my favorite team, Badonka Bronx, but nothing's Whoa. nothing's confirmed, you know, but I'm just saying. And what's going to happen, though, let's think about this. Let's see how this scenario plays out. He's made all these handshake agreements, not with Badonka Bronx, but maybe with others that um, – he, what if he has a major injury? He's not going to have any trade capital the rest of the year. And what do you guys think about that, Justin? Well, I think that that's a very good point. And that's kind of why I think it would be neat to have it open. Let him pull the trigger on those and see how it backfires. But, you know, potentially, a, you know, an owner that's managing his team a little bit more uh, cautiously would, would wait. But. You know, I, I'm not saying that he and I had a handshake agreement straight up for Romo and Buck, and it, it, you know, it's working out in my favor. So I'm, I'm all for it. You know, burn those bridges early, burn them often. Okay, well, let's say this. Let's say, do you, don't you think it takes some of the excitement out of the summer? I mean, those summers are pretty fun once the trading starts. I just worry that if we dilute it too much, then, you know, it's just not as much fun during the trading period. I don't know. I'm always excited to, uh, you know, talk 12th round draft picks on July 4th with friends around the barbecue. So, sure, you know, I, sure, I don't sure, think it's sure. going to do it at all. Yeah. Did you, so you say that, but let me go backwards for a second. So what did you want for Le'Veon Bell? I don't, I didn't catch that part of it earlier. It's a 12th round and then a 12th round in 2019. Okay. So, I, I can do better than that. I'll do better than that. We're just talking. We're just talking. Right, it's nothing serious. We're just, just talking. Sure. Justin, what do you think about the dilution, diluting it? I think it's I mean I think it's a valid point, but you know, I tend to I tend to agree. Now, you know, maybe we maybe we maybe we extended a month. Um, but look, right now it's exciting to talk. It's it's more exciting to see breaking news pop up. And well, that's going to be tough to do in the summer when we don't have any breaking news because all the trades happen on June 2nd. What do you mean? I'm breaking news, Le'Veon Bell's going to get picked up on weed charges here in another month. <laughs> There's always that, yeah. That's another good strategy. You might want to offload people before they get themselves into trouble in the offseason. <laughs> before they can stay up in the club. That's right. In the club. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think it's something that we probably need to talk about maybe next year. Just, I don't want the, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm for it. I think it's fun to talk. I think it's fun to try to improve your team. I just kind of, you know, I want to make sure that, I don't know. We don't, we don't make it so that trading doesn't even seem fun or doesn't seem like it's important, like event, you know, of making it kind of, Kind of fun. That's all I'm thinking. Plus, we got people. We need people to start paying before, 
you make trades, right? Because if you make a deal with somebody and it's kind of a thing where, you know, maybe it's a three-team trade and one of those teams doesn't even play that year. We had that with uh, Pike Town a couple of years ago and it kind of messed up a lot of people and, you know, it wasn't ideal. So, anyways, I just thought, you know. Probably something well, that, that, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. We want to make sure people are buying in. What's uh Oh wait, wait, what's that what's that sound? Is that a sound of a bag opening up? I think it's time for Bud's bag. Bud's bag. Nice. That is quality stuff right there. Well, this week in uh, in Bud's bag, I did uh, I did tease this last week on the pre podcast, but I wanted to get your guys' feedback on the giant chicken video. <laughs> First, have you seen it? Second, if you've seen it, what school did it go to, and what round in the draft would you pick it as a running back? CJ, <laughs> I sorry, but I don't. Uh, I didn't see it. I I feel terrible. I. I'm not very much into pop culture, evidently. I missed it. Justin? I would like to have seen it, bud. Oh, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Homework, homework for next week. It's a 100-pound chicken. You can put a uniform on it. It's running like Adrian Peterson. Okay, let me take a quick note of that. I got it. It, got sounds, it. Like, sounds like maybe it was just one of those Foster Farms chickens. It could be water weight. It's just water weight. I do have a handshake yeah. agreement with IP to trade uh, Le'Veon Bell for a giant chicken. <laughs> well, has he seen the video? Because sounds like no one's really seen it. All right. Out of Bud's bag. Oh, I like it. Uh, so I want to get uh, I want to get your guys' feedback and see what your philosophy is on the IDP. Um, it's this year's the first year I've ever used it. I uh, I feel like I struggled with it. I felt like I um, I didn't maximize my players. I mostly had uh, I got some guys in the draft. Wasn't you know I'm I'm getting two to three points a week off of them. Um, I didn't really dabble any any defensive backs. I pretty much stuck with linebackers and line men. Um, I just wanted to see what the rest of the group kind of what your philosophy is behind it, or if you're um, what you're you know if you're having success with it. Yeah, but uh, I think that's an interesting point, especially uh, since a lot of the scoring has changed from this last year to this year, actually increasing uh, a lot of the points that are out there for IDP. So I can tell you that I've done it years before. I voted for it to be a part of, uh, of this league. Um, I sat next to you and helped you with some of your defensive players in the draft. And I, and I thank you, and my playoff run thanks you. Hey, my pleasure. Not going to happen this year. <laughs> we'll do a little more homework this year. But I think that I think that from uh, uh, from two standpoints. One, I think that anytime you have the ability to, to get ten to fifteen, you know, points out of something defensively, can make up uh, for the offensive side of the ball. Someone having a down game. I think that we've now, with kind of the new rules that are put in place, give a little flexibility to the linemen and DBs to be able to do that. But you're right. When you're sitting down at the couch on, on Sunday, how cool is it to be down by six or seven points and to watch a middle linebacker that's playing needing 10 points and to look, watch the game completely differently? That's what I got into a few years ago. I saw it come back this year. I love it. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think some of the rules that we changed this year, like, you know, tackle for a loss is now a point. Pass defense is a point. Those are, you know, and we added a DB spot. I think that the IDP, you could win a championship based on defense. And you could be a champion just like me and Bud. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, sorry. And I think we both beat him too. It's just terrible. I, I apologize. Yeah. Um, not cool at all. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. But uh, anyway, so I think when you're talking about strategy for IDP, and actually Justin and I, my first time with the IDP was in some old league that Justin and I were in um, years ago. I, I don't know how long ago it was. Anyways, it was it's fun. But I think when you think about drafting um, a uh, defensive player, one, you got to think about defensive ends and defensive linemen are, are rare, right? Like the best ones are rare. You think of them as like running backs, right? There's a few that are um that you want and then it's you know like kind of the elite guys so say Le'Veon Bell who we're going to trade and then um David Johnson you know guys like that that are the elites that if you have one of those guys you feel pretty good and then if you think about on the defensive line like J.J. Watt right if you have J.J. Watt on your team you're probably gonna win a championship pretty good chance of it right like me right like I have you know my favorite team Badonka Bronx has J.J. Right. Watt but then you think about linebackers where there's a lot of linebackers, right? And it's all about scheme. It's about how terrible their offense is, those types <laughs> of things, right? Because they're out there more. But I, I think you could start drafting early with some of those top-tier players, maybe in the top three or four rounds. But you're probably looking at like starting in the sixth, seventh round for us, which would be in our keeper draft would be more like maybe the second or third, maybe the fourth round is when you want to start picking up defensive players. If you can get those elite guys that – that you really want to have on your team. And I think linebackers get a lot of tackles. They're going to get sacks. They're going to get interceptions. Those are kind of your most important players. And then you think about defensive backs that I look at those guys kind of like, I don't know. I don't think they're like a kicker or anything, but they're, they're kind of like those type of points where it's like dependent on how much is thrown their way, how many opportunities they get. Maybe they're going to, um, get those points that you need with interceptions, touchdowns, you know, pick six, even though we didn't pass that rule. But, you know, I mean, you got to kind of look at it. And I think if you go to fantasy pros, they do a pretty good job of, of ranking the uh, IDP, but they usually don't do that until later in the summer before you really start to see those ranks. And I think on something like that with a DB, you'd probably want to choose somebody that's not a complete lockdown corner because if you're not even thrown to that side, there's not even an opportunity to get points. Yeah, so, yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, yep. Lower tier first guy or second tier guy. But I think it's a fantastic point. Probably one of the best points I've heard out of you since we played fantasy football together. <laughs> I love wow. that. I love That's probably the most educated point I've ever made about this fantasy football league. It was a very good point, but uh, 100% for CJ as well. I mean, I think last year, I know we, uh, we introduced IDP. We had it as a separate draft. A uh, big change this year is having it, you know, it, it, as a part of the same draft. I think we're going to see – um, people drafting completely different. I know for sure last year, uh, when you have in a keeper league, when you have your top five spots by position kind of locked up and you're looking at depth and you're looking at some of the, you know, older, uh, you know, players that are available and you see some, you know, you have the opportunity to draft a, a DB or, or a middle linebacker in the, you know, second, third round, you're now getting the number one player in that position. I think there's, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of opportunities. It's gonna be interesting to kind of see how it goes this year. Yeah, I I totally agree. And let's. So I think Bud, you had a, something else in your bag. What was else? 
Did you have anything else in your bag? Let me let me see what I've still got in my bag. <laughs> last thing in my bag, yeah. Uh, last thing in my bag. I wanted to see get everybody's feedback on their most under underrated draft pick. I was uh, I was taking taking a look at my roster and uh, I did I did have some help with my draft. Uh, thank you, Justin. Um, my most underrated draft pick was uh, Theo Radcliffe. I feel like that's his name for the uh, for the Lions. <laughs> Theo Riddick. That guy too. That guy too. He looks his his picture does not look like he would be a good football player, but. Yeah. In real life, he is a good football player, and so several <laughs> several times he got me twenty points. He did. He does have a weak ankle and a weak wrist that kept him out of a few games. But when he was in there, I was uh, pleasantly surprised with picking him up in, I believe, the second or third round. Yeah, sorry, but that was the seventh round. Even better, even better. Yeah, I mean, look, Theo did such a good job for you that you felt like Latavius Murray was expendable. See, and I didn't see what the controversy was with me dropping that guy. He didn't do S. He was always you could, here here's the here's the problem I have with that. And this is a nine ball move. So we need this is on bud. Let me let me just explain this situation and why I just I still to this day. Bud listen, here's the thing. You dropped Latavius Murray who, a guy you could have traded, by the way, could have easily traded him to me. For and sure. you, yeah, and you had two kickers on your roster at that time. So please explain, help us understand that. Go. Uh, he, Latavius Murray, had underperformed three games in a row. When I gave him the benefit of the doubt, two games, and my kicker had a bye, and he had been producing more than that guy. You're pathetic. So what if he blew up for a thirty-point game once you picked him up? I was in a bind. It was Saturday afternoon. I had I couldn't drop I I couldn't pick anyone up. I had to drop him or else I would have lost. But this is gonna be a black eye on the league for years to come. I just want you to know this is like meatloaf level stuff. Hey, I'm not sitting on the ground. I'm sitting at the big boy table, okay? <laughs> Next year, okay. maybe not. But <laughs> still made it to the playoffs, you know. All right. Well, let let me let me tell you what my my most underrated player was. Okay, so I'm gonna go really quick. I gotta figure this out. Okay, Doug Martin, no. Jeremy Hill, no. Matt Jones, no. Tavon Austin, no. Vincent Jackson, no. That's my 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 new um, Roddy White, no. <laughs> Derek McKinnon, no. Mohamed Sanu, no. So that's my whole draft right there, guys. <laughs> I didn't have a guy. Adam Vinatieri, I guess. <laughs> Which is even why it's more unbelievable that you had the run that you had. There's two, guys, two guys right there in front of him in uh, Rodgers and Nielsen there. <laughs> but it's Nelson. Jordan <laughs> Nelson. That guy, those two guys. I don't know. I don't know why. Everyone knows they're throwing it to Nielsen. Why did <laughs> Okay. Hey, all I know is that I had 50% of my team left over from what I drafted. One of them was a kicker. One of them was a linebacker. <laughs> I did not have a great draft, but I am a world champion. So I don't know. I, I don't know. 
Kudos to you. Well, let's talk about you, Duck Cowboy. Who's your most underrated player that you drafted? You actually had a really freaking good draft. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, it didn't pay off, but I felt really good with the draft. You know, I, I'd say that the, the guy that I that I kind of I didn't know was going to produce the way that he did, and mainly I was just afraid of injury. And I'm going back to the defensive side of the ball. I believe it was Sean Lee. And I picked him up really late. Sean Lee, as far as the points that he put up for me in the season, was uh, was nine or ten a game. I mean, it was just a, a lock-in. Of course, he had the one big game, I think, where he went for 16 or 18. So defensive side of the ball, very late in the draft, and a solid 10 points out of a position. Can't beat that. No, I, I mean, when I look through your, your what you picked up, Zeke obviously was good. Christian Micah was good. You got rid of him. That was good. You you drafted Spencer where he had a great year. You got rid of him. Ted Ginn, good year. You got rid of him. Yeah, I mean, there's some some good players that you drafted and didn't keep. So you know, and I, mean, I and nice I, work. No, and I hear that I hear the sarcasm loud and clear. And uh, Christian Michael, I think, is out of the league. No. Yeah, he's in sales now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Spencer Ware is, uh, you know, is a couple months away. So um, I like to be out in front of these things by a couple of months, and uh, I feel really comfortable with it. Good luck, IP. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag beat IP. Or hashtag let IP beat himself. It's a long yeah. hashtag. But... <laughs> yeah, that is a little long and kind of gross. I don't know. I don't know. The spelling of that. Uh oh. Uh oh. Wait, wait a minute. What's that sound? Just, 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 super chatter. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Well, it sounds like it's time for the jabber. <laughs> and look, Justin's jibber jabber could only be about one thing this this week. I mean, you look at every single radio station you listen to, every television station, every locker room talk, every water cooler talk. It's about Tony Romo, which is interesting to me because as I think about Tony Romo, obviously as a Cowboy fan, I've seen uh, the highs and lows of Tony Romo. But what's interesting is the rest of the country, do they love Tony Romo? Or do they hate Tony Romo? The second that he was on the block, every other team that was out there from the Redskins to the Broncos to the Jets to the Texans, all of a sudden everybody wanted Tony Romo. Is he good? Is he a good quarterback or is he a bad quarterback? I opened it up for debate. I got a lot of stuff to back it up. CJ, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I've always been somewhat of a Cowboy fan. I, I respect Tony Romo. Is he a Hall of Famer? Probably not. Should he have been a Bronco and could have been a Hall of Famer? Yes. You know, if, if he leaves the Super Bowl, you get beat out by a rookie. That's not a good sign. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that being the Cowboys quarterback, you tend to get everything blown out of proportion. Like we still see the dropped snap, you know, when he was the kick holder, which is still seems like ancient history that we had the backup quarterback holding the PAT. Like I, I still don't get that, but I do like, I do like Tony Roma. I think that he's going to play again. I think the Cowboys are going to be in trouble and they're going to want to bring him back so that he can help salvage some kind of season next year. I, I think the Cowboys are going to have a rough year because I think the expectations are too high. Well, I uh, I can understand why he wanted to retire. Jessica Simpson is a beautiful woman, and you know he wants to spend more time with his wife, Jessica Simpson. She had that pink jersey. Yeah, sorry, bud, that's not oh. accurate. Okay, so wow, I'm not. 
not 100 on that one. Um, <laughs> I I don't feel like he's a Hall of Famer myself, but I feel like he was pretty darn good. He could sling it over to Dez for quite a few touchdowns two seasons ago when Dez wasn't hurt. Um, the jump to the broadcast booth is uh, I feel like it's a little premature. If you got a couple more years in the league, well, you know, grabs it up well, and hurts back again, he's done. But and I, I think that's the interesting part. I guess that what I'm getting at with this argument and this, this kind of this open forum of, of jabbering at each other, you can have this, this Tony Romo conversation with a lot of different people that he's either totally loved or totally hate, which is it's interesting that he's either people see him as totally clutch or a choker. Uh, and I think that a lot of the stats show show differently. I mean, but if I was to say, is Tony Romo clutch or is he a choker? What are your thoughts just off the top of your head? I wasn't sure who had called him clutch. Clutch, I think, might be a stretch. I mean, he's a good tosser. He can, you know, throw that thing. But so, so currently, uh, to date, NFL records calls him clutch, uh, depending upon how we define the term clutch. But please do. He, Tony Romo has the highest QB rating in a fourth quarter in NFL history. Most consecutive touchdown. Tony Romo also has the most games in a season with the highest passing rater of at least 135. I'm choking on my uh, my stats here a little bit because it's hard to read. But when you talk about... I understand choke artist. <laughs> when you talk about a, a fourth quarter passer rating, when you talk about the things that he's, that he's done, now granted they were coming behind often, but this guy is 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 more clutch than what people give him credit for. Let me just let me throw a question there. Modern era, I can only think of Dan Marino as the only non-Super Bowl winning quarterback to be in the Hall of Fame. Am I wrong about that, or am I not to I'm win not, but be in the Super Bowl? Let's just say. And I guess Dan Marino was in one Super Bowl, but I'm just. And I'm not talking about Super Bowls. I guess you know I'm not talking about the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about the misconceptions of Tony Romo. And and I think the reason why that's so interesting, if there's so many haters out there of Tony Romo, then I it, fast forwarding here, I think it's interesting that CBS has taken the stab at him. I mean, is this a good move or a bad move? Well, I my my thought is, and kind of I agree with. I don't know where I heard this this week, but I agreed with it was how soon can you be critical of other NFL players after you're in the league? Like, is he ready to do that? Is he ready to be critical of another quarterback when he's not exactly had the best, um, you know, last couple of years, you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. I don't know. It's rooting for him to, to, to be a Denver Bronco and felt like he could take you to a Super Bowl. Okay. I'll answer that with this. I hate Trevor Simeon. <laughs> your hate for Trevor Simeon is overridden by your love for Tony Romo. I get it. I get it. Hey, I'll, I'll take just, Tony Romo over uh, about 20 other quarterbacks in the league in a second. Agreed. And I think the rest of the league would too. I mean, you're talking about the Washington Redskins who boot cousins in a second and send them to San Francisco and bring Tony in with a bad back and all just to give it a run. So I think that there's a, a respect that's out there that it's easy to kick this guy when he's down, um, but 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 kind of in the closet, everybody wants him on their team. And that's why I just think it's such an interesting dynamic. The Tony Romo dynamic is unlike any other dynamic that I've seen. Even being a Cowboy fan uh, over, you know, over the last 10 years and watching this guy, uh, you get into conversations that are weird. And I kind of go back and forth with it. I struggle with it a little bit. It's like, well, now they got the Dak situation. We walked, watched it all play out this year. 
and you're going, I'm looking at what Dak's doing. I still have this, you know, hope that Tony's going to get back. And then when that started to kind of change at game six or seven, and then what happened with Tony, I just think the whole situation, we've never seen anything quite like it before. Uh, you know, we've seen guys lose their starting positions to, uh, to guys that come in, but they sure in the heck haven't been, uh, you know, fourth, fifth round, come in and do what Dak did. Uh, and now this guy's at CBS. I'm just really curious to see how people are going to uh, accept him there. I think everyone is. It's a powerful name. He was a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, who wouldn't want to be that largest name in the in the country, America's team? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Do you think he would have the same cachet and the same success um, if he were on, if he had been on a different team for his whole career? You know, if he's at Tampa Bay or if he's at some other, or even in the Redskins totally. for his whole career coming up that way. I totally agree with that statement, but I think you're right. I think if he's not on the Cowboys, he's, I don't know. Um, he's loved. J Jay Cutler. Well, he's not an a-hole, so he wouldn't be <laughs> Oh, oh so. you got to be kidding me. Okay, Blake Bortles then. That's insane. And I know that not even you think that. <laughs> Jesus. That's perfect timing right there. No, but I no, I think there's some truth to that though. I think that if he's not on the Cowboys and doesn't have the sort of just the that fan base. Yeah, the the media's more positive about the Cowboys quarterback than they are about most quarterbacks. You know what I mean? I, I agree with that. I think he I think he would end up being like a and I'm not just saying this I'm saying like popularity, not Jay Cutler is a jerk, but he'd be in that sort of zone where it's like, yeah, okay, he's good. Like he's got a good arm. He can do, he can get the job done. But could I could I do something better? Maybe I don't know, but I don't like having him on the team because he's expensive and he doesn't win. Okay, so let me throw this out there. He's won two out of six playoff games, right? The one was a bobble, and the other one was uh, 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 an absolute catch by Des Bryant. Uh, that was overturned for some reasons. They're going in to beat. The I Packers agree with that. Two yeah. years ago. Okay, so the bobble is extremely unfortunate. Uh, it's a chip shot. It's a twelve-yard chip shot. That thing goes in ninety-nine percent of the time. Okay, um, I was at the game. I watched it in person. I stood up, turned around, basically flipped off all of uh, Seattle, and then was almost ambushed um, when I watched it. Yeah, and 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 I I get where you're going with that, and and this is this is. This is great, and I'm glad that we can talk about this. Um, but I kind of, kind of lost interest a little bit ago. So, hey, let's. Uh... <laughs> okay, I have one more stat for Wait, you. Wait, I have one too. Are you first. Then? <laughs> the secrets most sexy man of 2008. C.J. Chin. Peyton Manning. Tony Romo. <laughs> what? But you're right, but I was sexy back then. Tony Romo's slender back muscles that made him uh, a Victoria's Secret number one, whatever. Hey, we we're we're running out of time, guys. So wait, hey. last thing, last thing on this. If if I could throw it to Deion Sanders as much as he did, I'd be in the Hall of Fame. True? <laughs> was that? I that that doesn't sound right. Okay, yeah, let's, sorry. Let's just move on. That's I read that, or it was unheard. I'm not sure. Did we lose Justin? Long time ago. Uh, hey, I think that's awesome, guys. Should we bring a guest next time? Should we have a a uh, league member guest that can be part of it for a 
little bit of the start of the podcast. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't think yet. I think uh, I think we're still feeling our oats here. I don't want to rush into anything, Justin. <laughs> no, I I would tend to agree. I think that we need to get a couple more of these under our belt before we bring it in. I'm I'm uh, I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm excited to see what Taylor, uh, our our producer, does with it, putting this all together. I know that next time uh, I'll have uh, some more convincing uh, Tony Romo thoughts for you guys. Looking yeah, actually, we're not going to have the Tony Romo section or part of the podcast next time. Sorry, mm-hmm. no segments for Tony Romo. It's not going to be a standing segment? Uh, no, unless we want to do the John Elway segment right after it each time. Mm. I'm going to actually look up the, the stats outside of Super Bowls between the two of those. Only in fourth <laughs> quarters that they're behind, though, okay? Oh, I, we actually already have that 1-1. One, one. I know that for a fact. Yeah, that, that's, that comes from a – yeah, I'm not even going to say it. Okay, great. So that's our podcast, guys. Good job. And uh, we'll see you next time.